Hey all, I'm I'm Ajax. Hello all, I am Amon. Welcome to Tangent Topics. We just talk about topics and then yeah. tangent on them. All right, let's jump right in. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> all right, so Ajax, I got a few questions for you. Sure. Because we want to talk about these. Let's talk about beauty. What is it? What is beauty? Why do we focus so much on that? such a subjective perception of people what do you think oh man that's a tough question i mean when i think of beauty i think of um flowers and you know i think of if it's for people like um people wearing make who wear makeup and mm. you know look their best wearing their best clothing and it's kind of like they're you know trying to impress um other people of some sorts but what do you think they do that as opposed to what other like i want to look at it from a more like biological way we have a lot of birds that are, are also that also like to look super beautiful we have so many different types of birds like the birds of paradise we, we see them a lot in documentaries that have that funny little dance where they open up their wings and it looks like a big face and there's a lot of birds that appreciate beauty but for birds they're like born with it they're it, it, it's part of their feathers it's it's part of their nature for humans, we we add a we add a lot of things to make things beautiful. Like you mentioned, we, we have things like clothing that look pretty. We have things like makeup. We have things um, adding on like piercings and stuff like that. I mean, there could be a few different ways to look at it. But um, to start off, there could be um, you know someone might be doing this and wants to look beautiful and um, wear these nice clothes and makeup for their self-esteem. Um, they want to make themselves feel better. They may just be doing it for themselves and not just trying to, um, do it to, um, attract someone else. Okay. And then there's, there's, um, people out there who, you know, they, they'll be, um, getting all dolled up because they try and do it. Uh, attract a, a suitor for themselves that you know is they may be trying to attract someone that's um, higher up on that that level where they can um, mass produce babies maybe <laughs> Amon Oh, I think we just lost Amon. Can you hear me again? Yeah, I can hear you. We must have lost. All right. My phone closed itself, so let me just always on. Okay, there we go. Now should be good. Gotcha. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, I think that that's pretty good for beauty. At the end of the day, we all know it's in the eye of the beholder, and beauty is not just for the for everyone else, but it's, it's for ourselves. I was thinking about it in more like cultural standards too, to what makes something beautiful. But everyone's heard that conversation before. Everyone's talked about that before. I'm pretty happy with what we talked about. Yeah, and, and yeah, yeah I say we move on to emotions. Um, a lot of people throw that catfish, that catfishing word around. Let's, let's. Oh yeah, let's talk about that. Um, That'd be a good transition for the other fish afterward. But yeah. Yeah, the um, like catfishing. Uh, you know these. I do like cats. Some of these women that, you know, they just really good at doing their makeup and they make themselves look like completely different than what they look like without makeup in. You know, that does that does them well. They learn how to um, get what they want. It's kind of like in South Korea where the like the surgery market, like the, the plastic feature market, I guess, is so huge that people can look completely different within like a few months. They can look like entirely new people. It's bananas, the efforts they go through to like look a certain way. And even with catfishing, like I've seen a lot of it happen online. And even if you have a spam caller, that's essentially a, an, an audio form of catfishing. But oh, yeah. like, it's true. You, yeah. So it's like, I, their catfishing is such a big, big term. Yeah. And, I, and honestly, I guess I'd have to say for me, being male, I was catfished. As long as you don't yeah. have with it. Oh man, so that makes sense. The uh, that connection to it. Yeah. I've yeah. never been catfished. I've been lied to, and I took it as being lied to, not really as catfishing, but. So I was, 
Korea and um, uh, you know Vietnam and other other countries other than in Europe also um, there's men who will um, do that make themselves look all dolled up uh, like a female to attract um, a male but they never tell them that they're not a female which and that happened to you it has never happened <laughs> but um, it is a thing that does happen and then um, well yeah that's how that market works but that's that's not really as much as catfishing as it is closer to like a much darker topic although yes it is still catfishing you, you're, you're still presenting yourself as someone you're not um, yeah. in that context then it's like what what drove the need for that to begin with why, why did we end up with something like catfishing in society what did we do as a society to reinforce that to, to stay and, and to happen and maybe yeah. not in that order even for the term catfishing to be um, made into that yeah so it's like it does happen for sure. But what what about what we did as like people made it happen? I'm not a history buff, so I wouldn't be able to add much on the on onto that question. Yeah, and honestly, it's just opinions like At the end of the day, humanity is nothing but a collection of opinions. Yeah, and basically then you have science who can rule out whether those opinions are correct mm. and work or if they just do not work I, for this life ideally yes all right, right. i just want to add this on real quick because it's always just a quick nag of mine but the stanford prison experiment is that it's an old experiment i was like they put college kids as prisoners and college kids as like guards of a prison and it, it, it got really unethical like people were like taking advantage of their power and stuff like that so they had to cut it after a couple of days and it was used in so many psychology classes even to this day talking about like humanity is innately you know want power and stuff but that study is so flawed because it was just mainly like upper mid middle class or, or like lower upper class boys like white boys but they were using it to define the actions of what like an Indian woman would do or like a poor black woman would do. Oh, I always, I always bring that up because in philosophy they, they treat it as this like grand experiment about how humanity is so flawed and like we cause all these things and it's just like nah man that's look at them at the demographic of everybody everyone's different dude everyone has a different experience but yeah anyways that's just like an epic alright oh, so let's actually, talk about that to add to that um... oh yeah like, to think about it, like, I met, um, you know, Amon, like, I met you, and yeah, we're from completely, we're from different upbringings, different cultures, we, we have similarities that cross, and, um, you know, I, we have a lot of differences also in our cultures and stuff, but, of course, the, with that said, um, even though our cultures are different, our experiences growing up as children into adults and also in adulthood, um, our experiences are very vastly different from each other, but we can hone in on similarities even though we have differences. There's only so much a human can do to be not human. But yeah, dude, at the end of the day, we're all just hairless primates. Yeah. Well, yeah we only got so much emotion <laughs> we only got so many hands so of course like with everything that was so different a lot of the outcome was very similar which i think is what helps people connect and stuff like that where it, it might have been a different road but the outcome was still pretty close where there was that emotional growth that personal growth that understanding or like that change or something or that interest into music or something like that i know like we got interested in music for different reasons but we both ultimately play music if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. That does make sense. Yeah. But I want to talk about this cannibalistic fish. I'm going to just jump on board to a different boat here. <laughs> that fish you brought up, I want to know more about it. I haven't looked it up. I don't know which one you're talking about, but I want to hear about it. That sounds interesting. Yeah, so um, this this is in a um, science magazine, the IFL Science. Um, it looks like... This was um, 
the social editor and staff writer was Rachel Funnel. Um, this came out on December 22nd, 2022 at 7.57 a.m. This <laughs> you got was... the whole <laughs> I got all the info. You got the whole thing? <laughs> I got everything. I got all... I'm on top of it. <laughs> so, nice. so this... Um, it's the world's oldest and deepest lake is home to a cannibalistic fish. So Dude, I think I think I found the. Uh, can you explain what it looks like in graphic detail? Oh yeah, man. So this thing, honestly, it it kind of reminds me of a salmon, but it looks um, skinnier and smaller, and yeah, it's. Its mouth is um, pointy. Its tongue looks like a snake tongue, and I think I found the picture. And let me tell you, this is so hard to explain. That's like it would be a struggle to explain how the hell this looks. Yeah, yeah, it's. Is it the the Golo Minkas? Is that him? Let me see here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's him. The Golo Minkas. That is so interesting. Yeah. I'm looking at the picture they have on AFL Science, and on the top, that one just looks like if you put googly eyes on a shoe, and then uh, you put... Well, wait, wait, let me read through this, and then we can talk about it. So, the world's oldest lake can be found in southeastern Siberia, where it's believed to have existed for around 25 million years. Holy shit. As well as being the great great granded of lakes, Bakel is also the deepest at 1,700 meters, 5,600 feet. The impressive Akalade means it's home to around 20% of the world's unfrozen freshwater reserves. And in a pond that Massive, you can expect a fish or two. I mean, what do you think about that? Oh, we must uh, I think we lost Ahmed again. Oh, All right, I'm going to figure out something later for this connection issue. But for right now, we're doing good. I'll, I'll fi- I got to figure it out for right now. Okay. So, okay. like... What, well, what you were talking, I was just thinking the whole time, like, 20% of the world's unfrozen water. That's, we, we don't have a m- much fresh water to begin with. Hold on, how much fresh water is on Earth? 10% of the world's unfrozen fresh water reserves. 20%, dude. It's cannabis-eating fish. Dude, only 0.5% of Earth's, like, available fresh water. It's like u- usable. Like 0.5% of the fresh water on Earth is usable, and this makes up 20%, a whole fifth of the entire freshwater reserve. So that's huge. That's such a massive number. And this is such an old lake. So it's like you have species forming at this lake that are going to set the, not really the foundation, but that are going to set a, a sort of standard for what survives best and what doesn't. So- like can- Like cannibalism. If I'm looking at the picture of this fish, they look kind of flat, very skinny, very lanky, um, kind of like a very long sock puppet, which makes sense, though, because there's a lot of pressure there, so they can't get too big. They can't get too bulbous because oh, yeah. the water pressure would just crush them because it's so yeah. deep. 5,600 feet deep in a lake? Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. And they... Dude, that, that is a lot of feet. And... Isn't that almost a mile? Or it's like, yeah. Yeah. How much? Uh, the um these fish they they eat each other they eat their own children and then they also eat other things so dude that's over a mile yeah that's that's very similar to a lot of uh rodent species on land and i think it goes back to just that very particular niche they fall into where it's like food scarcity is a genuine problem so they can't waste energy on babies that aren't going to survive i think uh i want to say it's work oh i'm sorry what yeah yeah, that, no, that, I was agreeing with you. That's true. Yeah. Just when you see it in fish, I think a lot of people, they just don't expect it in fish because they see movies like uh, they see movies like Finding Nemo, Finding Dory, that little fish guy on Nickelodeon. I have no idea what it's called or if it's on Nick, but I was like, I show about fish. 
The Little Mermaid. They they, they tend to forget that fish are animals, and animals are very, very vastly unpredictable. And they're efficient, you know? A lot of animals, they focus on efficiency, and it's efficient to eat your young if you're down on nutrition. Yeah, and I guess um, maybe that's the future for other fish in other lakes um, when these lakes get really old like this this current um, oldest and maybe the current fish will turn into um, cannibalism on their convergent evolution or for like a specific habit and I'm I'm seeing more of this article here and damn what was I going to say sorry it just slipped out of my mind Um, oh yeah since this lake has been existing for so long, there hasn't really been a big influx of like nutrients and new species introduced and stuff like that. So after a while, it's just gonna stagnate to the more like bare minimum standards for survival. Because there's nothing new being introduced, all the niches are already filled, they're figured out, there's no comp- like like the ecosystem is so well structured that it would lead to something like that. It would lead to cannibalism and we can expect that probably from a lot of other lakes as well if they go for that long well yeah and that's, after, that's after a while dude like a lot of these catastrophes and stuff like the ice age the, the volcanoes and stuff they restructured the land so it could change if it doesn't change it's the ecosystem overall is going to settle to what it's going to be and there's always a lot of things like cannibalism um oh i could go into more detail but nature's gross when i don't want to think about that part right now but yeah I'll leave it at that. Well, and if you think about the planet, the planet's gone through a, more than one ice age and more than one. Oh world. yeah. So what, what's going on now? What is, we call an ice age, what people call an ice age, there's been like four of those at least. Yeah, and it it's just a natural phenomenon. Like it's just well, it's just how the world cycles. It is slowing down, which is crazy. Not not to a degree that we can not notice it. Like it's gonna stop spinning after like millions of years. Or right, let's see, is here slowing down? Yep, slowing down. That's really cool, because of the friction from the waves caused by the moon. That's dope. Man, that nature's so cool. Yeah, this is good place. With the with this lake that we're talking about with this cannibal um, fish, yeah, dude, I'm still looking at it. It is so big, but it's it's probably like really clean and stuff because it's probably just so isolated from you know humans. It's uncontaminated. Like seeing here, they didn't really crack it open until very recently, 2020. Yeah, they cracked it open like in 2020. And yeah, dude, that means there's a lot of stuff in there, even like small traces of radiation that they're not gonna have. After they dark, after they started doing um, like the atom bomb and the atomic bombs and stuff, and they tested it, a lot of the metals were worldwide were polluted with minor bits of radiation. So like everything has some degree more radiation than it would naturally because of the atomic bomb testing. So they wouldn't even have that probably because they're just so isolated. They're so away. They were enclosed in the ice. Like they weren't out in the open. They were inside the ice underneath the sheets. I wonder how they got the oxygen going. Although there's a lot more oxygen in cold waters, I think. Yeah, there's there's ways that oxygen gets in. There could be like a, um, you know, there could be a spring underneath the lake that is constantly bringing um, fresh water into the lake. That's just pumping it in with that oxygen also. I do wonder how it tastes. Oh, that's why I was thinking that the whole time, like this untouched water, and if you take take that and just drink it after you know it's filtered, I think. Do you not want to drink fish urine? <laughs> Are you not about that? <laughs> no, I mean it's you know who knows what microbials are in that water. That a lot probably that could like you know yeah. harm us as, as humans. Of course, after. After filter, yeah. I'm thinking it would, honestly speaking, I'm thinking it would taste disgusting. If it's a deep sea fish in like a very ancient lake, that means that the meat has developed into something that's probably very harsh and rubbery. 
to survive like the deep sea pressures because uh, if they were hard and if they were hard and like rigid they would break but if they were too soft they wouldn't be able to hold the body together um it's actually going to be kind of softer though because of that pressure but damn it probably wouldn't taste all that good and oh man they'd be so full of oils and grease not even the good ones yeah and let's talk about how um out here in alaska the you know, have some, we have people who will go out and they'll drink the fresh water and then they get really sick just because they think the water is, like, perfectly cleansed because it's Alaska. Yeah. I remember being in Alaska and I needed water. And when I was trying to get through the ice, there was the top and the bottom that I didn't want to touch because the top is, like, open to the air. The bottom is open to the dirt and, all like, everything on it. And it's in the middle where you get the nice clear blue one. But even then, you have to properly boil it and then filter it afterward, just in case. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I remember you had that um, tube thing. How, how did you want that? What was it called? That, that tube thing was called a light straw. And did it work? Yes, it did. My trips there they were fun, as they are everywhere else. The light straw, definitely recommend, worst case scenario. Thankfully, I was also found by like a couple of groups of hikers that gave me some water too. So that was nice. Oh man. <laughs> well, I was on, I was, I was underprepared. So you know, it happens. Next year, though, I want to look into more of this type of stuff because I wanna, I wanna see if I can do some like, what's it called, like slingshot fishing or something. Because the lakes. Some lakes get so shallow, as a, like the complete opposite of this. Some lakes and rivers get so shallow that you can literally just throw like sticks in them to catch fish. Oh, really? Yeah, like I remember going up to Alaska and seeing some of the rivers that were super, super shallow where you could like stand up there and your head would still be above the water. So they had maybe like five feet at most depth, but it was still like a full flowing river. It had fish, it had oh, yeah. everything a river has. I see what you But it's mean. so. Yeah, but it's so shallow where you could even just like kind of get in there with a stick and just, if you time it right, you can get the fish out that way. Yeah, what I noticed too is the, um, when I see the salmon during salmon run and the, the river yeah. was shallow, I actually caught one and it it was kind of like it was alive, but it also was rotting at the same time. That's gross. Yeah, yeah, it was, I, 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 put you... it back, I was like, there you go, you can go back. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, you're good. It's yeah, they immediately they shit. immediately start dying after they spawn. Like their body just shuts down entirely, so it's just such an immediate death. Yeah, it's crazy, but they're still like you know. It's kind of like it's kind of like The Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah. They're just like, I'm just gonna fly, but I'll see you. Try to get me. And they swim fast too. If they see you, try to get get them. Dude, they're all instinct. There's like barely any brain there. It's so much just neural response to stimuli. Like, it's all just instinct. <laughs> it's very cool. Alright, can you still hear me? Yeah, I can still hear you. Nice. Let's see if I can turn this on better. Doo-ba-doo-ba-doo. Okay, so that, that did help. You okay. Got, you got it all so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's fine. I'll figure it out for later. So we have that. We have the, the fish. Do you want to jump on to another topic or... Do you want to keep talking about this fish? Because I'm all down for the fishies. I do like animals. Oh, I think we're good with the fish. All right. I'll bring it back to animals some other time. Because I do want to talk about that later. But now I want to talk about something you know nothing about. Oh, okay. Which is stylized animation and how that works. More than anything, I just want to fanboy over Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. I went to see it the other day. And the animation was so nice for the fight choreographies and like the fight scenes and the, the cinematography really accentuated the art style. And it's something I've been seeing since Into the Spider-Verse, because I was thinking about this earlier. Since Into the Spider-Verse, before that, we didn't really see any jump in like any innovations to innovation outside of Pixar making the technology for 3D animation more viable and more marketable. Yeah. And... Disney used to be the powerhouse of art innovation when it came to animating, came to art styles, it came to stylizing the art and then the line work and everything and bringing it to a huge market. But after the Renaissance, after like the 1990s, 
towards the 2000s, they stopped innovating. They just stopped. They became so stagnant in their work, and it wasn't from the early 2000s, I would argue, it wasn't until Into the Spider-Verse, not including Pixar, of course, because I forgot what year they were, but they were in between there. Into the Spider-Verse brought people stylizing the animation. And I keep saying animation because that's the big one. You can stylize the art however what you want. Disney stylizes every single one of the movies. You know it's Disney, but it's still stylized art. Everyone looks the way they look. Everyone fits into the world they're into. That's stylized art. It's animating how the art moves, how it connects to the scenery, how it connects to the environment and the storytelling. That animation is what's being stylized post into the Spider-Verse. And we see that in Puss in Boots, A Last Wish, where they stylized a lot of the fight scenes and a lot of the music, and it's just really cool. It's really fun. I'm really happy that animation is going in this route because we have too many studios that just got lazy and stagnant. So you're saying it's getting better then? It's getting better, 100%. There's been a lot more people pushing for things to be better, and a lot of companies are just accepting that's more, that's more what the people want. So we saw that it with also from Sony, uh, the Mitchells versus the Machines. We've seen it in recent Pixar work, like Turning Red. They had the very stylized face. We saw a little bit of it in Luca, where they had the that the mouse in Luca were very cartoon physics. I like they moved to the side. Their teeth were always all over the place just to match the mouth. And the mouth had a lot of like the mouth itself only had a lot of freedom around the face. That's very old style cartoon animation because you just don't have to worry about it. If, if you stylize it, then you don't really have to worry about it being consistent every oh, single time. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Like the um, yeah. there's a lot of anime that's where their lips are just you know non-existent yeah yeah and that... only that the mouth moved so that that was cool to watch because that's the stylized art and animation it was a small step in turning red they stylized that a lot more with having a lot more um like 2d facial animation same thing with uh bad guys from dreamworks that came out a little while ago and i'm just i'm really happy that animation is going in this direction you, you can do so much with the medium and so many people like companies and stuff are just getting placent like they're getting complacent with their art where the new pixar movie um bus lightyear star command that one like the animation was fantastic i'm not complaining about that technology of how it looked it just it was so like the way they made it you didn't have to use animation to even have the movie you could have just done it with people oh yeah and they they they, they, they didn't do anything with the animation. They, they didn't do anything with the way they moved, with the stylizing any part of it. They were kind of like, yeah, we're like a 3D movie, but we're going to act like we're live action. And they had this really great details. These graphics were fantastic. All the models were on point. They looked great. The composition was great. But it's just like, if you gave me that movie, I would say just film it in person. Because you're not doing anything with the art. You're not doing anything with the animation, the styling of it. If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's, I mean, it's it's fine to do that in certain instances. Yeah. It's just like, when you don't take advantage of the medium, the medium kind of starts to kind of just plateau. And that's, and that's what you don't want in any art form. So people now taking advantage of the medium and not letting it plateau, not letting it become just like a stagnant thing. It's really cool to see. And I'm really happy because we have a lot of young people going into animation now they're going into art and they're gonna see all this stuff and they're gonna see so many open doors and chances to to create and how to create yeah and i've i honestly i've always liked the um avatar um and how creative that those movies have been and like yeah as art 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 like being yeah. art, also like the making of their face and all of their skin and everything Dude, talking about like avatar like the blue cat people want yeah here's something that's funny about it no one can quote anything from the first movie like of course someone is going to be able to someone's going to be like oh i remember this happened but the movie is so basic like the story is so basic it's people have called it pocahontas but on a blue cat planet it's like yeah kind of and it's just a very basic story but the technology that was made to tell that story that's what lives on and that's what stuck with people how amazing it looked how the 3d looked how realistic everything like combined and how and how you had like uh, what's it called like the 3gi people oh yeah the 3gi yeah 
the CGI people touch and talk to and like be part of a real world, a real set. So it was a huge push in the technology and the powerhousing that could be brought to animation. The storytelling was so basic, and we have the same thing now where no one talks about the plot. They say the water looks nice, and the water looks incredible in Avatar 2, The Way of the Water. It looks fantastic. Incredible water physics, but that's as far as they pushed it for this one. Um, still looks incredible, though. Like, the, the animation is just getting better and better, but the cool thing with, with Avatar, it's not the storytelling that goes a long way, it's the technology and how they push it forward. Yeah, and uh, basically we need, you know, people to keep being innovative to exactly move forward like, on technology, not just kind of not just be like, okay, this technology is great, we don't need to do anything else. No, it, it just needs to be constantly being yeah. pushed to the limits. <laughs> Which we could talk about with AI art, but we'll save that for for way way later. Yeah, and also it's um, it's not like it's sausage party where you know people can remember that anime animated movie to like you know all the different i've had some people like um be going over like different characters and saw yeah. just tell me everything that they're saying <laughs> that movie definitely left an imprint and it's i think it was for a good reason and for just all the great reasons i don't really seek it out because it's just like a funny movie at the end of the day it's just like that's uh, a it's a gross and funny movie Oh, but yeah. I left an imprint on how something so cute and cuddly, because like the food was designed to look cute if it wanted to be cute. So I had like big bulgy eyes, had those big cartoony hands, and then it got so deprived and it was so unapologetically just <laughs> really just being itself. It was cool. I think that's why it stuck with a lot of people. It didn't play it safe. It did what it wanted to do, and it was just like a funny, kind of gross food movie yeah i mean honestly my i'd say my favorite part was the um the baby carrots and they're falling and they're, they're like no not the babies <laughs> i remember the part where the uh, <laughs> where the douche goes up the guy's ass to control him in the last fight <laughs> it was so silly uh, it was such a silly movie but yeah so i'm i'm just excited about what's gonna come next after everything that we, we've seen with animation and like it's innovation. I love that the studios have been more open to it since how well Into the Spider-Verse did. So we've been seeing it a lot more and I'm looking forward to what they style us next if they start doing more music-based stylizations. Even though they do that already, I don't know how a, how a new, like how music could be improved upon in movies. Something to, to think about for next time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well. All right. Let's see. What time is it? Yeah, we good. We Gucci. So I can keep going about something else. Yeah. Let's, huh? let's, let's keep flowing. Um. There we go. There's a lot going on in this world. There is, there is. I'm trying to keep it happy for the first one, though. I want to keep it joyous. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's January 1st. Today's the first day yeah. of 23. Um, Let's start it off on a positive attitude. That's what I say. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. where I'm at, we're the, um, the second to last uh, place to celebrate New Year's Eve. I think Hawaii is <laughs> the last place. I think it is, yeah. Or actually, I can just Google it. But yeah, as you were saying. Yeah, the um, I didn't I didn't realize I always forget that a lot of places do like these magnificent like uh, fireworks show on New Year's Eve. Mm. Like out in France, I saw some pictures and fr- from France, and they're like like crazy fireworks out there. There's there's a lot going on in this country that even myself I've been angry about it, but I don't know how to properly do something with that emotion where it's like I get mad about it but I don't know how to help that's something I've been thinking a lot about and like looking more into which we'll get back to next time once I have more information on it and I've I've done a lot more research yeah and I, I have some books yeah. too 
Um, to... Yeah, but we can save that for next week when we properly plan something like that. Because something like that, I think, it it deserves the planning. But yeah, but there's so much good too, though. I uh, you know there's a lot of like Latin American countries that were doing so many big festivities, a lot of like eating, a lot of um, a lot of drinking. Not like drunkard way, more like just being with the family. You you have your drinks with them. You enjoy each other's company and time. It's nice. I think it's cozy. It's. But then then there's so many other countries that are being plagued right now with like gang violence and brutality from powerful super nations, or like the superpowers of the world, and they're just caught in the crossfire. Oh yeah, and. That's awful. Like, this is going on in different places, some places for years. Like, the, um, just a lot of violence. Some places just seeing this violence all the time. I'm on. Alright. We must have lost him on again. God damn. This- okay, next time we're doing it through my, through my laptop, not my phone. Actually, wait, can I just do that now? Hold on a second, hold on a second. Alright. I want to see if I can join like this. Because you sent it through this, so I can go on this. Then go on that, and then we'll make this and that. And And then there will be how, and then yes, we'll be here. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, good. I am on my microphone on my computer and I'm on the speakers on my phone for some reason. Oh. Yeah. It's working. It's <laughs> it works. Hell yeah. Very nice. Okay. So, what were we saying? Oh, yeah. Starting off on a good note, all the horrible things in the world. Um, I've been jumping aside. There's something I keep looking for, but I'm I'm not finding it. I'm I'm a big fan of collecting stories and fables and like legends and mythos from other cultures and countries. Okay. There's never like a big just resource of how to find those things. It's it's so specific. I like I don't think it'd be something specific, but it is something so specific. Yeah, well stuff like that. I mean um because I, I think it's because it's so localized that it's such a localized thing that if you're part of the culture, you already know what you got to know. Like, you already know how to look up the stories. You already know how to find, like, the ones that you grew up with. But when, when, when you know nothing about that culture, you don't have that support, that safety net to catch you. You're basically, like, I'm basically to a bunch of different cultures. Like, where can I find kid stories? What are considered kid stories or in this culture? What? what is it like have you thought about looking for a book that is pretty much each chapter talks about like um like a basically summary of another book that is like of interest of a certain genre of books or culture where um, well right now i'm reading this I'm reading this psychology book and it gives me a summary of all the different psychologists and um, people over time who've written certain books. Um, it's giving me, tell me which books they are, but it's also giving me a, a short summary of the books so that way I can like write down the ones I specifically want to get into and read. Hmm. Hold on. I'm wondering, you know, there's the, the cultures that you're... Um, you know, any culture that you're trying to look into, I'm sure someone's, like, written some type of book that's like that, where it talks about, like, the different stuff and well, what books you can look into. To, I know that. Well, I'm, I'm sure that, that exists. And, and to someone who may hear this, I think, like, oh, how does it find out now? I'm sure it exists. I have no idea how to find it. It's not like I've made it in my life. to find this kind of stuff I very casually where I just... I go to like a bunch of bookstores I can, then I check online. I like check my references, where I got them from. I, I follow the of how to look and where to look for it. So, you know, it's not work, but I'm still looking. I'll look for something like that though. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, just I came across this on the online library. 
But yeah, tell me a specific culture or you know information you're trying to look for. And like gotcha. I'm to, we'll, do, we'll do this. We'll do a test and see if we're able to you know find anything. Oh, I like that. All right, hold on. I'm writing down in the uh, in the notes real quick. Okay. Okay. I'm back. Ajax, can can you hear me? I can. Amen. Very good. Okay, so let's try this. Let's try like medieval Russian folklore. And one of the problems I'm finding with this folklore is that Russia, the way Russia looks now, is so different than what Russia looked like 500 years ago. You know, and I don't mean like size or anything like that. I mean like literally where everyone was, how it was developing, the language is spoken. Like Russia was a different place a little while ago. But I don't know how much has changed because I'm not part of it and I haven't really had the chance to do culture I look into. Um, let's see. There's a the Greenwood folklore handbooks. One of the big, the bigger problems I've had as well is finding unbiased sources, and I came up looking up Atlanta American like stories and folklore and a Native American uh, stories and folklore, where whenever it was translated by a scholar who wasn't from that culture, they mistranslated a lot of things. And you could see the biases. One of the easiest okay. examples I have is um, the Greek play Homer, or is it an epic? I think it's an epic. The Greek epic Homer. You know the one I'm talking about? Yeah. It's a uh, huge road. What's it called? Uh, damn, what's my book? There it is. The Odyssey by Homer. That one. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Homer's epic, The Odyssey. So, in school, we read these translations, and this specifically is one of the better examples. When Odysseus goes to the island with, like, in the book, they call it, like, they call him the horse, like, the... And the that, woman and stuff like that. Yeah, they, they scream. Every and... chance, yeah, like, he goes to this island where there's this, like, god that en- enchants him to have sex with her and, like, all the, all, the, all the time and stuff. And there's all these other well, women there that he that that he gets with as well, and they call them whores. That's been the most common translation since it's been translated into English. A woman scholar translated it, and then when she got to the part, she translated them to girls. Because in the story, they're actually 13-year-old girls in the original story. So she's like, I'm not going to call them something they're not. Because they're just like, they're little kids. Even in the story, they're little kids. So we have something being mistranslated due to just how it's perceived by that person who's translating it. And that's what I'm trying to avoid the most I can. I'm trying to find the most genuine source of that. Yeah, and... and why it's been so difficult to find it. Because it's like... How do you know it's the, the least amount of possible bias? How do you know it's, it's done by someone who understands the culture more than just at a surface level, more than just at a research level, someone who's lived it, who's experienced it? And, and that's it was written in 725 BCE. Yes, but it's been translated since. So how, how would we know those translations are proper? How do we know there's no... When when it comes to mind, when I think about it, is I'm thinking like, um, you know, what what age did people get married during this time? Because mm. if if people got married at, at like age 12, 13, then would they still be considered girls in that time? Maybe in our time, yeah. Well, that yeah. Most often than not, what they've been finding is that only it was the only the aristocrats that got married young. Everyone else got married like in their twenties usually oh. mainly because it was the aristocrats that got married for things like land things like greedies uh peace among the houses i guess or something like that so they were often married out rather than just marrying they were like for a purpose for the aristocrats 
And then the poor people, they didn't have that. They didn't have to marry for land. They didn't have to marry for treaties. So they're like, got married like after them, like late teens, early 20s. So there's a little fun fact for you. Yeah, and I guess the Roman law and the marriage of underage girls. Um, so basically, women could not marry before age 12, and this was during 825 BCE. Nice. So just to think back then, in BC time, there was laws on, you know, basically they considered um, girls as girls cannot marry before the age of 12. Yeah, because uh, back in the day, they didn't have a concept of boys or girls. They had children and then they had adults. Or like they, they, had, they had kids and then there was everyone else. So after you were done being a kid, so what, what you're saying, age 12 ish, which makes sense. Oh, and you're not being a kid, you're just an adult. Oh, and I just found something else out. Like, that was in um, 825 BC, but in um, 680 BC, the government set an age of marriage at 20 for men and at 15 for women. So it's slowly increasing. Ooh, very nice. So, yeah, see, like, the world isn't as ignorant as a lot of pop culture perceives it to be. Which is why even things like in Homer, it was not problematic because also Greek culture was super sexist and like they hated they hated women. It was insane. Like, but as that that aside, it makes sense for the culture that it was written that they would just have like 13, 12 year old girls be the horse. But then the problem is when it got translated into here, it wasn't mentioned their actual age. So it that takes away from a lot of a lot of the perception that you would get off the Greek culture. Dude, bro, I, just, I came across something that's crazy, yeah. but listen to this. However, California and Mississippi do not have minimum ages for minors to be allowed to marry with parental consent. Massachusetts has the lowest minimum marriage age with parental consent of 14 years old for boys and 12 years old for girls. Yeah. But we, we also have the best education, so no one's had to change that law because no one's tried it. No one's done anything with it. Yeah. So they haven't had to change it. <laughs> it's going to... So, quick tangent. Uh, ooh, podcast, tangent topic. Uh, so, quick tangent. Laws and rules are made because people go like, ah, oh, in like this country, the law is that they have to be like 13 to marry. And it's like, yeah, that's screwed up. Don't get me wrong. But laws are made because someone did something stupid. It wasn't illegal to kill someone until someone got killed. Like, it wasn't illegal to rob someone until someone got robbed. Because you would think, like, yeah, don't do that, obviously. Sit down until until someone had to face the consequences for it. Oh, that, so that's that interesting. Yeah, new laws are always being made whenever something doesn't fit, fit the agenda of the United States people or any country. Yeah, any country, man. Or even yep. if it hit the agenda, still make a law against it. Yep. Well, that's how countries work now. Um, back then, so connected. So you had your kings and you had your royalty. Excuse me. Oof. But then you had your knights. And while they were strong, they were fighting off other knights. So most people kind of lived their own life without even knowing, ever knowing or seeing the king or anything like that. Now it's different. We have the internet. We have telecommunications we have grid systems of like well communications yeah there's more ways to control the people now and it's so much more efficient like the budgets now are insane compared to what it used to be before the internet was a thing oh yeah and, and honestly back in the early 2000s like um in the united states at least the um we had it was flip phones it wasn't like you know these iphones and stuff and now now you can literally if you can't afford to have a phone you can get one from the government for free who will pay for your service yeah but that's also because the phones are so cheap now like i'm looking at some phones here on amazon like smartphone let's see yeah you can get a smartphone for 30 dollars oh wow. 32 gig five it's like 5.5 inch screen so like yeah they're so cheap that even the government can give you one now like, they're so easy to mass produce because everyone has them. They're, they became such a vital part of life. Where I paid good, like, a thousand something for it. 
for the um the big the big Samsung one. Oh yeah, yeah. My, I'm yeah. Mine's too the uh iPhone the 13. Pro. Yeah, I got the S22 Ultra. But that's only like the Ultra ones. If you go for just a cheap low end phone, again I'm finding one for thirty here, twenty seven ish. Like it's just so fucking cheap, dude. Twenty eight. Yeah. And, so and, it makes sense. And to get, you know, you know, back early two thousands. I'm sorry about yeah. going tangent, but oh. um, <laughs> going tangent. The like the phones they cost so much money back then, and yeah, like back then it was a luxury to have an iPhone. Back then in like two thousand three to two thousand seven to two thousand ten ish, if you had an iPhone, you were like that shit. You were super cool because you could afford one. But now it's like if you have an iPhone, okay, so does everyone else. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and, um, basically that they like I my first iPhone was iPhone four, you know, but I never had the first three iPhones. I never had an iPhone. I never liked them. But that that's a that's a separate conversation for a separate topic. Yeah. But yeah. Now it's just so easy. Alrighty. Ajax, so... Yeah, what's up, everyone? Oh, my tummy aches. All right, I am calling it quits soon. Like, five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I think we should, um, you know, for our, our, you know, listeners who listen to this, we should um, kind of let's think about what we're going to talk about for the next episode so we have something to look forward to. Here's what, what I think. Let us know. Like, both Ajax and I come from a background from our history as researchers, as people who study, as people who work on their academics. So it's like new to us to just look something up, to look into it, to, to put in that research. Yeah, get, get out. Like, so if if there are any listeners, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you very much yeah. for sticking around for this long. And let us know what you want to hear what you want to hear about. I'll be focusing on things like AI art, on more technology heavy topics, maybe bringing up some nature biology that's my specialty that's what i that's what i know most about and I'll, I'll personally be i'll probably focus on a lot of um psychological um stuff like insect that has to do with psychology and also um i also like to stir up the bowl and bring up some very controversial um stuff that you know me and amon may disagree with but it would be you know great conversation thankfully it's not stuff that undermines people's lives <laughs> just to be clear <laughs> it's not things that undermine people's lives or their worth as humans that no 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 that would be no this is this is a um uh, i'm looking forward to the next one i want to hear what our listeners would like to hear about i'm happy to figure out and get more information about some stuff i may not know about yeah yeah we'll do it up uh, uh Sounds good. We'll, we'll next talk time we are working on Jingle though, like a little song thing for a bit. Yeah, right. that's, that that works. Alrighty then, Ajax. I will be calling out. Have a good one, my dear friend. I will talk to you soon. Yeah, have fun, my dear friend. You take care. Awesome. Happy holidays, everybody. Happy New Year's. If you didn't have a good year, hopefully you had a tranquil one. If you're not having a happy one, hopefully you're not having a bad one. It's okay to be neutral. It's okay to just be... Ugh. So take it just, easy. Just be you. Just be you. I like that better. Just be you. All right. I'll see you next time on Tangent Topic. Peace out, man. Peace out. Through this.